Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I thought it would be a good idea to go to South Africa, to Johannesburg and the Bekisisa Centre for Health Journalism. Their senior journalist, Aisha Abdul-Karim, joins me live. Aisha, good morning and thank you for taking our call. Good morning and thanks so much for having me on the show. Very good to speak with you. So talk to me about the Omicron variant, its discovery and how it was realized that it was something different about this particular uh, virus. Mm, So I think that what you have to understand about uh, South Africa is that we have a very extensive genomic uh, surveillance network in the country. Um, And so what that means is that we have teams of scientists throughout the country um, who on a regular basis go through samples of the virus um, from people who've been tested for COVID and they um, basically try and um, understand the genetic makeup of, um, of the virus samples from people who've tested positive. And it's through this mechanism that we are able to monitor our epidemic and to get a sense of if there are possibly new variants in circulation. Um, And so what happened was there was a spike in infections in Kauteng, um, in a particular district in the province. Um, And so by doing the sequencing, the, the network of scientists detected this new variant, which is now called Omicron. Um, and that's basically, it's it's not that we're for sure that it started here. In fact, there have been cases detected in several other countries. Um, but it's basically through the surveillance network, because we do regular sequencing, um, that South Africa was the first country to report the variant um, okay. and to classify it um, with the World Health Organization. Um, so at the moment, the first case um, was reported here in South Africa on the 24th of November. So it's really it's really quite new. Um, you know, we're just in the first week um, of its discovery. So there's still a lot to figure out about the variant. There's still a lot we still have to to learn about what its mutations mean and, and what the, how this new version of the virus is mm. going to behave. What's been the response in the scientific and medical community? Like, 
does it look as if Omicron might overtake Delta in South Africa? Could it put the hospitals under pressure? Are they already under pressure? So it's still very early on. Um, as I said, we've only just detected the variant, but we are. the scientific community does believe that it's going to overtake Delta. Um, and that's because based on the sequencing that's been done, at least in, in the Gauteng province, we've seen that it has already... Um, it already makes up 75% of infections, which means that it is very close to overtaking Delta. And the um, scientists believe that, you know, by the end of this week, it will have become the dominant variant, at least in this province. Um, and now that it has been detected in all nine provinces in South Africa, we are pretty sure that Omicron will become our new dominating um, variant, which means that it will be the most common version of the virus that's mm -hmm. circulating in the country. Um, in terms of the pressure that it will put on hospitals, we do not yet know how transmissible this variant is, which means we don't know how much faster it is spreading. Um, and we also don't know if it can cause more severe disease. Um, so with Delta, by the time it reached South Africa, there was already a lot of data about how quickly it could spread and how much it would overwhelm the healthcare system, um, just based on what had been seen in other countries. Mm. With Omicron, it's still incredibly new. And so we are doing our best to figure out exactly, you know, what this variant will mean, um, particularly for the healthcare system. Our um, Department of Health is preparing hospitals because we are anticipating um, that South Africa will enter its fourth wave um, by the end of this week. And yeah. we know that with each wave, you have to prepare the hospitals. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of just, you know, what is the scientific community's feelings um, towards the variant you know, this is something that we've been preparing for as a country. We expected that a new variant would be discovered. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we, you know, anticipated that there would be a new variant by the time our fourth wave hit. So this is something that as a country we have been preparing for. Um, and obviously we didn't know what the variant would look like. And we still don't really know what its impact will be. Um, but there are a lot of measures that have been put in place to try and get hospitals ready sure. um, for this wave of infections. The response of the rest of the world, Aisha, has been to close down travel from South Africa, restrict people coming into the country, any country from South Africa. What's been the response to those restrictions? Yeah, I mean, you know, the travel bans and travel restrictions there really isn't a lot of evidence to support them um, and there really is no benefit to to cutting off travel to South Africa. Um, I also think that it's a very short-sighted response to try and cut off a country um, for merely reporting this variant. Um, it's, it's not as if... Um, you know, it's not as if this is an exclusive variant to South Africa. And mm. 
restricting travel doesn't stop a variant from spreading. It just punishes a country yeah. um, for trying to be transparent about the scientific work yeah. um, that's being conducted. So I think the feeling is, Aisha, is that this is yeah. where we discovered it. This doesn't necessarily mean this is where it originated. This is where we discovered it. Yeah. So, you know, we know that it's been, it's already been detected in several other countries. So there isn't really a good scientific rationale for, for banning travel to South Africa. And it does, in a way, it kind of does put South Africa on the back foot because it limits, um, you know, not just travel, but when you put bans on exports and imports into the country, through these levels of restrictions, it also puts us in a difficult position where we struggle to access, you know, other things that we may need, um, such as, you know, diagnostic tools, yeah. um, you know, things that you need for testing, medications, all of those things. So I think in the long in the long run, these kinds of travel restrictions and, and imposing these kinds of bans on the country um, really do more harm um, than good. Yeah. Now, I'm speaking to you from, you may or may not know, a country where 90% of the eligible population is vaccinated. That's far from the case in South Africa, Aisha. I believe it's, what, maximum of about 25%. How important is it to get across-the-board vaccination in Africa, in the global south in general, not just South Africa, but all the African nations? How important is it to ramp up vaccination, to get a supply in there? Um, yeah, so in terms of vaccination, it is incredibly important to um, not just to increase supply to the continent, but also to encourage more uptake of vaccines. Um, so South Africa, as you said, we have only fully vaccinated just over a third of our population. Um but when you look at Africa as a whole, you know, the continent is sitting on around, you know, 3% fully immunized. Wow. Um, so South Africa is in a way doing slightly better than the rest of Africa. And we are also in a slightly different position to other African countries where South Africa has, um, you know, engaged in bilateral decisions, which is that we purchased vaccines directly from um, pharmaceutical companies. So we have enough supply of vaccines. Our primary problem is encouraging uptake in South Africa, but that is not the case for a lot of African countries who are reliant on the COVAX mechanism. Um, and so there really needs to be more equitable supply of vaccines to Africa um, and then more than that, it is about ensuring that uptake of vaccines is equally high to match supply. Yeah. Um, because things like the Omicron variant, um, they really just show that if you do not have sufficient protection everywhere in the world, the virus will continue to spread and yeah. will continue to mutate. And we will continue to get, you know, these um I don't want to say worse versions, but you will continue to get new versions of the yes. virus circulating. Yeah. And, you know, with, with COVID-19, what we've seen is it's not going to just stay in one place. It is going to continue spreading. Yeah. And vaccines are really the best tool that we have to control this virus. And so that's why equitable access 
to vaccines um, is just so important. Okay, so it's just the nature of the, the virus uh, anyway. Listen, thank you for being with us from Johannesburg today. That is Aisha Abdul-Karim from the Bekasisa Agency. I believe it's an old Zulu word for to scrutinize, Aisha. Yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> thanks for being with us on the Opinion Line. Quartz 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.